everybody, this is Ari in the Air. Welcome back to the podcast. Doctor here. Today I've got a great talk with my friend Aaron Rogerson. Aaron is the host of the Golden Shadow podcast and a fellow Stowen. And him and I have also been working together in this uh, mastermind group together. It's called Beyond Self-Discipline. It's held by Peter Lindbergh of the Stoa and Daniel Kazanjian, who are just fucking awesome so we've been having a great time jamming on that so it's cool to have a podcast recording with him amidst that new connection so today we talk about intimacy we talk about it we redefine it we were both at the benita roy thing that i will talk about a lot and i will also try to link in the description so that you can check it out for yourself i say try because this is me recording a podcast, and that's me uploading a podcast, which is different me's. I'll try to tell that version of Ari, though, to do that. At any rate, we have a great conversation. He's an amazing dialogue partner, and I super appreciate him. So if you guys like this podcast, consider supporting it on Patreon. That's the best way to support it. This is a 100% listener-funded podcast. Patreon.com slash Airy in the Air for as little as $5 a month and top tier patrons get free coaching calls with me that are based in dialogue. They're great. It's not your typical coaching call. So without further ado, here's a little bit of music, monolink, and my talk with Mr. Aaron Rogerson. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again. It's been a while. I've been ruminating on a subject a lot. And I've been having small conversations about it. And the serendipity today is that yesterday you and I both we're with Benita Roy as she laid out the shape of the universe through our development 
she laid out a framework that I would kind of like point towards Ken Wilber, an integral understanding of the human self and human development. It absolutely blew my mind. I don't know about you, but like, I have not stopped thinking about that. Literally laying in bed last night, you know, that meme of Charlie from it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where he has all the different things up on the wall and he's put the yarn between them and he's like smoking cigarettes fervently. And he's like trying to explain this big conspiracy. That's me trying to describe Benita's Benita Roy's uh, presentation yesterday to my friends. That's how I've felt since then. So I guess I would start by saying, if you're listening to this, just pause it, open up your browser, open up YouTube, open up your podcast app and search for Benita Roy. She is the galaxy brain that I didn't know was a galaxy brain. Wow, man, she's so smart. And I'm just like so excited to talk to her on the podcast. Um, It was also very endearing that Peter Lindbergh pumped the podcast on that, which was so funny. Um, He looks out for his friends. He does. Um, The thing that I've been ruminating on is the thing that I asked Benita about yesterday, which was intimacy. And and so intimacy is a word and a concept that is shrouded in a bit of cultural implication. Mm-hmm. I think it comes with some pretty feminine baggage in our culture. I think it comes with some pretty soft and squishy baggage. And I think that I would love to jam with you on both shining the flashlight of awareness on the baggage itself so that we can know just like how the term or concept of intimacy is currently landing in our culture and particularly our generation. Mm. And maybe even more specifically men of our age. Okay. Then I want to kind of talk about how I've been conceiving of intimacy for a while and how I, think that the baggage is mostly unnecessary or misplaced and how I define it in a positive way. And then I would also like to go into what Bonita straightened me out on yesterday, because I think that she, um, she gave me a couple of different ideas as to what intimacy is, where it resides in our being where it comes from, what it looks like. And there was really some clarifying things that she said yesterday. So I feel like today I'm kind of processing and integrating this new Bonita Roy's amazing, insightful, hit the nail on the head thing with intimacy that I'm kind of integrating into my ongoing understanding of what it is. So let's start there at the beginning. How is it that you currently see what's the mainstream baggage that this concept that this word carries with it? 
and maybe even the implications of that in relationship, in personal development, in life? Well, you can't talk about intimacy without talking about relationships as a whole um, in general. Uh, and I think that culturally we've, we're experiencing shifts in our ideas about what a relationship is um, that could just be in the consciousness of the culture of like, what do we think a relationship should be? What can it be? Some people think that monogamy doesn't make sense anymore. Um, some people, you know, think that having uh, a bunch of really shallow relationships is maybe more convenient than having a bunch of, or a few deep relationships and vice versa. Uh, people who sort of value a few very deep relationships might um, disparage those who have a bunch of really shallow relationships instead. Um, but there's there's a shift that's happening and that shift can't happen without there also being a lot of confusion about what's real, what's right, what's good. And there's a lot of confusion about what's good as far as relationships go. And that affects the sexes differently, I think. Um, it's possible, as always, that I think there's a kind of shifting to a more feminine mindset over time in the last century uh, regarding these things, because I think that our culture has been very uh, masculine in its mindset for a very long time. And that shift doesn't mean that we're absolutely switching to a feminine mindset away from masculine, but it means that there's sort of a, uh, you know, there's a, a change happening. That change can't happen without tension. So intimacy it's not clear what it should be anymore and it's not clear how to find it how to keep it healthy um and it's not clear even if intimacy is a positive thing for people anymore because intimacy i think by definition involves some sort of self-sacrifice um and i would say that the actual act of becoming intimate with someone is actually a kind of form of like merging that you are essentially giving up some of yourself for the other person and hopefully they're doing the same thing. And so this kind of merging means you're becoming mutually invested. And as you become mutually invested, it's more and more difficult to be an individual. It's more and more difficult to sort of, uh, you know, just break free and run. Mm -hmm. um, and that that merging is a beautiful thing and we feel it, right? We can talk about um, beyond self-discipline, this, this thing that we're currently involved in at Bestoa, in which you and I are in a, in a group, an accountability group, mm. and we're sort of keeping each other accountable to getting things done that we want to get done. You and I are sort of bonding in that, not sort of, we are, we're bonding over this. And you and I are becoming more intimate in some way mm -hmm. from, this, from this process. Uh, and that's partially because we're mutually investing in each other. And like, you're holding me accountable. I'm holding you accountable. Um, I can't just do whatever the fuck I want right now because I know that you're watching. Uh, and that feels kind of good, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's the feeling of like, oh, Ari and I are becoming close in some, in some way because we're building something together. And you can't build something together without kind of giving yourself away, sacrificing your own individuality um, compromising maybe in some ways about what you would like to do. Um, there's all these things that are involved with intimacy 
that mm. are kind of a self-negation. Mm. And we have trouble culturally, I think, with self-negation and individuality is reigning supreme or has reigned supreme. Um, so that's, that's a lot of ideas all at once. Yeah. But that's, that's me riffing on the yeah. idea of intimacy. And I, you bring up a couple of things that both ring as true that there are things that you share about how you're defining intimacy there that ring true as far as how the cultural definition has been for so long. And I also think that there's a couple of points in there that are exactly the baggage. I think there's some of those things that are the baggage. So the idea that intimacy is a self-negation, that it is a self-sacrifice, that it is a merger is as far as I can tell accurate to how the culture is understanding the idea, the concept, but I do not think that it is absolutely accurate as to what real intimacy entails. This is good because it sounds like we disagree. Okay. So this should be this should be interesting. Oh, so you know, continue and let's find out. Okay. I'm gonna give you my my two day ago definition of intimacy. Okay, we're going to start there because I feel like I have this like gift that like Benita Roy wrapped up for me yesterday that I'm trying to kind of like, I'm like, there's a little mystery here and I'm not like, I haven't dropped the Benita Roy bomb on like what intimacy is and how she defined it, where it lives in our being and those things, which I think is so powerful. And I want to kind of like, I want to kind of like riff our two day ago riff, and then we can kind of like crack this little egg open and, and, you know, plant it as a seed and see where that uh, takes us. Okay, so two days ago, I would have defined intimacy as there was a God, which which one of these books do it? Which one of them? I feel like it's nonviolent communication that actually quotes someone else that says that intimacy is sharing thoughts, words, and actions that are real in the moment or that they're authentic in the moment, which is to say that intimacy is speaking or doing what is effervescent, emergent, and arising in your being, in your reality, in your mind, in your heart, in your body. Practically, that looks like not just honesty, right? Because honesty is honesty is like a accurate mapping of your current cognitive justification narrative. Honesty is like 
I will tell you what my justification narrative is right now. Okay. But intimacy is a step removed from that. Intimacy is actually saying my justification narrative right now is arising as this. Right? So a practical example of the difference between honesty and intimacy here would be, honey, do you think these pants make my ass look fat? Yeah, your ass looks totally fat. What? You said you wanted me to be honest. Instead of, does this make my ass look fat? You know, as crazy as the first thing that comes online there for me is that I do have really critical and negative things to say um, that kind of feel somewhat like resentful and a bit like bitter and really like demeaning. There's a difference between just blurting out what your justification narrative is or what just like comes on. And intimacy, as I would have described it, is almost to share what the witness sees. Okay. Um, It is emergent. So, you're speaking to something that I think is true, which is that intimacy, the path to intimacy is uh, opening up or self-divulging, or revealing one's inner world. And I think it's connected to what I was saying before in the sense that to open yourself up and to, uh, let's say, be honest or to reveal your inner world to someone is to be vulnerable to them. And that's why people normally don't do that. Most people don't reveal what they're really thinking or what's really going on on the inside because there's a lot of darkness in there, right? There's often like a lot of weakness or there's stuff that's embarrassing, humiliating. Um, And the path to intimacy is to open up anyways and say, here's my heart exposed to you. And there's vulnerability there, right? Because if you expose your heart, someone could stab it. So intimacy does involve this kind of giving up your independence or giving up your... uh, your autonomy in some ways, or those kind of defense mechanisms that we keep up mm-hmm. that allow us to be really strong mm-hmm. and to navigate the world in this really effective way. Yep. We have to kind of give those up. Yes. And that is what I'm tying to sort of a self-negation. Okay. It's like, I'm becoming vulnerable to you, which means I'm giving up this stronghold I have mm-hmm. in order to like lower the bridge for you to come over. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of a giving up of my defenses for you. Mm-hmm. And we do it mutually, right? And the idea is that people who are afraid of intimacy, like we hear that a lot, someone who has like an issue, it's like, you're afraid of intimacy for some reason. Um, it's because they're, they don't want to let down that drawbridge, right? Yeah. Like they want the walls up and they want to have relationships, but they still want to be able to keep those walls up in those relationships, mm-hmm. which prevents them from ever really getting close to someone. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um the 
relationship between vulnerability and intimacy is an interesting part of this um, because they almost, as we are kind of riffing on it, they almost sound uh, synonymous, but they're not quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, One way I like to phrase a healthy relationship is that like, you have the power to destroy me mm-hmm. and I have the power to destroy you, but we're not going to do that because we love each other. Right. Mm. It's like, I'm totally vulnerable and you're totally vulnerable and it's a mutual vulnerability that has to be present for us to really connect for our, like, our souls to really kind of like come together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works because like, I know that like, even though you could strike me down, you don't want to strike me down. You want to lift me up and yeah. I feel the same way. And so yeah. that kind of mirroring of like, I just want what's best for you. I just want what's best for you. And I just want what's best for you allows your guard to fall. And that's like a healthy relationship. That's true for romantic relationships. It's true for friendships as well. Hmm. Being able to let your guard down. Mutually letting each other uh-huh. let your guard down. And, yeah. you know, incrementally, I let my guard down. You let your guard down. I take off a piece of armor. You take off a piece of armor until we're both naked, basically. Hmm. I guess I, I would at some level push back on the idea that it needs to be mutual because I feel like one of my superpowers is like this, um, like that I just kind of wear myself on my sleeve that I'm like pretty unabashed that I don't necessarily need reciprocated intimacy for me to be intimate with people, whether, you know, um, and that's when I say intimate there, I mean, sharing what's real for me in real time, letting people into my more painful experiences, letting people into my more painful thoughts, feelings, emotions, and experiences, right? That's something that I feel like is a strength of mine. And I think that intimacy is my drug of choice. I love that. I love when other people want to share with me that they want to open to me. Um, that's, that's, that's interesting. I, I feel the same way that like, I sort of by default like to be very open with people mm-hmm. and just reveal all my, like a lot of my darkness mm-hmm. immediately. It's like, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Cause it helps filter people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do wonder if your experience is that you feel intimate with people by revealing yourself, even if they don't reveal back. Like, do you feel intimate with them? And do they feel intimate with you, even though it's one-sided? Because if so, that's like, that's very interesting. Like, what, what does that mean? Huh, I guess it's a good question. It's difficult for me to know exactly what their felt sense is all the time, especially when the things are. Short in their nature. Um, um, and, but that's a really good question. If I let people in early on, do they feel like I'm being intimate with them? Do I feel intimacy from them? Hmm, that's a good question. 
Well, you might, you might even rephrase the question as why do you do that? Why do you wear I'm, your, wear yourself on your sleeve? Like, what, what are you, what are you doing there? What's the point? I mean, I think that that is a strategy that my psyche has developed to garner more intimacy in my life. Mm. Why does it want, why does my psyche want more intimacy? Because my psyche has equated intimacy when people are genuinely intimate with me. It gives me a sense that I won't be abandoned, that I won't be left, that I won't be betrayed. Because when people actually open up to me, then there is that shared vulnerability. There is that mutual intimacy. And so. I agree. I think, I think that makes sense. And it's, it's a good tactic. I think that's just what I've kind of like, that's, those are some therapy insights. Those are I some mean, therapy insights. A, a way I would think of that is like the way I was describing the metaphor that we're all wearing armor. Mm-hmm. We all have these walls up and what you do is you go around and you take off a piece of armor and see, will you take off armor too? Yes. And then it often, is a... if you make the first move, the people will like yeah. everyone's kind of walking around these big, you know, suits of armor, like nothing can, nothing can hurt, hurt me. I'm, I'm impervious. And then you, you go up to them and you say, Hey, look, I'm taking off my breastplate. Will you do it too? And some people will be like, Oh, that's actually nice. That's a nice gesture. I can take this off. Okay. I will take it off. Thank you. Other people might be like, no, <laughs> fuck you. Or they might even say like, Oh, I have an opportunity here to like, maybe uh, take you. advantage of you, yep. you know, or poke you. Or oh, there's like your that. soft belly poke. Ow. Exactly. So it is some kind of filtering behavior. I agree with that. Um, I'm ready to crack open this fucking Benita Roy bombshell here. Do it. So yesterday I asked Benita where intimacy lands in this, where we, where it comes in our being. And she said a couple of things that were so interesting. Mm. The first thing that she said was that First of all, intimacy happens in your body. Mm. The feelings that are associated with intimacy might not actually be the intimacy itself um, or the feelings that arise in our body are the intimacy. So she said that you can be intimate like a, she made the analogy of a mama bear mama bear is intimate with her cubs and that's that's so inclusive it's so radically inclusive of her cubs but it's so exclusive of everything else come around a a bear cub is the scariest thing you can see in the woods right because you know that mama bear is so intimate with that cub that she is gonna fuck you up just for being in range right so So the idea of intimacy is a protective, it's almost like a, it's almost like a familial pathway in our brains, in our bodies, in our being Mm -hmm. that like make us bond with another person or a thing and become radically inclusive of that thing and exclusive of everything else. So there's, there's uh, you know, like that's why you're so intimate with your girlfriend and exclusive of every other man in regards to your girlfriend. 
She also said that there is a deepening and a increasing sophistication of intimacy as you develop as a person. That's possible. So I think that what I just outlined is a somewhat primal and immature version of intimacy where you're jealous and reactive. And I think that a really keen and sophisticated intimacy looks pretty different than that. The other thing that she said that was like, bing, that was like, there it was, thank you. That was like the nail that was waiting to be hit was she said that intimacy is a lack of boundaries. There you go. Intimacy is a lack of boundaries. So if we build this up from the center here, starting with our relationship to ourselves, an intimacy with ourselves, if you imagine your psyche, there are these layers that sometimes the layers are fluidly connected and other times there's boundaries, there's hard barriers that, that keep one layer from the next. She described the ego as the gatekeeper self, which I thought was so interesting and clarifying the gatekeeper self. So your ego being the filter that keeps what is on the inside inside and what is on the outside outside. I think the ego also is kind of like spiral in there that your ego can be a boundary inside of yourself that keeps you from seeing all the parts of yourself. Yeah. And so an intimacy with yourself is a lack of boundaries, meaning that everything that is you is in view. You can see it. There's no walls there. So a real intimacy with yourself allows you to see all of your different layers, all of your different uh, levels of development and your different schemas, you know, from the roles that you're playing in your family that you've taken on into this to the, your ability to see yourself as an individual, to see yourself as a group, to see the group, to see the group from zoomed out and all these different um, uh, layers. Intimacy with yourself is an ability to, I'm not sure if it's an ability to take down the barriers or if it's a lack of barriers altogether. I think that we could make the case both ways there, but, but I think that's the most clarifying thing. Intimacy is a lack of boundary. So how that affects the way I'm thinking about intimacy now and how that relates to what you said, which was that I kind of pushed back on, which was that intimacy is a self-negation and a merging and a self-sacrifice, I think that the merging part is, I guess let's start with the self-sacrifice, the self-negation. Yeah. 
I think that intimacy is not inherently a self-negation or a self-sacrifice whatsoever. I think that if we take intimacy, the definition of intimacy as a lack of boundaries, then if you have intimacy with yourself, then there's this integration, there's this, there's this acceptance, and there's this belonging of everything that's inside of you. Sure. None of that is inherently negating or merging or sacrificing. Then as, as think we, of it. <laughs> go ahead. If you're talking about intimacy with yourself, for instance, self-negation, self-sacrifice, right? It's, 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 uh, it's a certain kind of terminology, semantics, right? Like, what does that uh-huh. mean exactly? Yep. A lot of our, of our ideas of self, let's say, mm-hmm. the I, who I am, is based on this gatekeeper ego, right? So if I think I, I have a narrative, I have a story that may be a narrative that doesn't include all these other aspects of my life. I might be negating all these things like weakness, like childhood trauma, uh, all these things that I've been humiliated about. I'm completely forgetting about all that stuff in order to form a coherent self, which is strong man. And I can do anything. And like, there's barriers there, right? Like the self is in some ways an illusion that we conjure up and it's kind of, it's, uh, it's effective in helping us navigate the world, but it is a boundary that keeps us from accepting certain parts of ourselves, the whole self, you might say. So the ego, and if you get into like depth psychology, like Carl Jung, like this is like very specifically like part of the idea is like the ego is the autobiographical I, which is in fact a sort of strange illusion that we conjure up. And a lot okay. of Buddhism has to do with negating that self. Okay. Okay. You know? That's I get one it. way of thinking about it. That's no, not, I that's really, not that, with relationships, that's, an, but. that's an important clarification. And in that kind of framework, I think I really agree. We are okay. in a true intimacy. We are negating the parts of ourself that are merely the egoic gatekeeper that tells us who I is. Right. Okay. In that, I agree. But we also, part of this conversation is the cultural misconceptions of intimacy and the baggage that it comes with, which mm-hmm. the baggage of, of negating that self, 80 to 90% of Western world, the individuals never rise up out of awareness outside of that self. Yeah. So the idea that intimacy is that self-negation is exactly the problem that, that I came in here thinking that it was. Okay. Basically that you are a particularly developed person that has hit his head against the idea of yourself to the mm-hmm. point that you realize that to really be vulnerable and intimate, you have to give up this hard boundary, this hard conception of self, the autobiographical ego. Yeah. That barrier that keeps you, you and world, world. Mm-hmm. 
you know that intimacy is to break down that barrier. And I fucking agree with that a hundred percent. What I'm saying is that the vast majority of our culture, our peers have not realized that that self is not them. That to for your ego to die isn't your beingness to die. For you to lower the barrier of your gatekeeper ego is not to dissolve, not to negate, not to lose. Right? It is a deepening. Yeah. This is a beautiful clarification. I really appreciate that. So That's a beautiful clarification. It did derail what <laughs> where I was, but that is a very important distinction. I think that what we're talking about here is the common misconception of intimacy, that intimacy is a loss of yourself. Okay, so I think I can pick up where I was. I mean, if, if we, I don't want to derail you again, but the, uh, the self-negation, I, I think, still stands for relationships right mm -hmm. there's like an intimacy with yourself let's say with the whole which is you know letting the ego uh disintegrate a bit a bit so it can integrate some shadow some of that unseen material mm -hmm. and deepen mm -hmm. and grow um but there's also just relationships have, having a functional relationship with anyone unless you're you know unless you're enlightened let's say, and you're like the Buddha and something, you can just like know perfectly how to navigate all this. And so is the other person. Relationships usually don't work without there being a little bit of a sacrifice of individuality. I think it's just like, that's just a given. Like, I agree. It, you can, it can expand to a tribe, like a tribe. If, you, if you're trying to build a like cohesive, functional group of people that are all intimate with each other and are building a life together, it's like, good luck trying to maintain your sense of complete individuality where it's like, I do whatever I want. I think whatever I think no one limits me in any way. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not going to work. I agree. You have to give that up. And I, what the thing is, and the important caveat is that you are losing in some sense, the self, the individual, but you're actually gaining a more complex whole self. Yeah. By doing it. Yeah. Right? So and the I, ego dissolving, yeah. the person dissolves into the tribe and the person actually ascends into something that's greater by doing that. The same way that a single person ascends by dissolving themselves into a romantic relationship, I think. Yeah. If it's healthy, if it's healthy, right? Together, I, you become something more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. And I, there's a couple semantics here that I want to suss out with you. Sure. The idea that the person dissolves into the group, I think, is a miss understanding because if i'm to use the ken wilbur term transcend and include the higher orders of complexity organisms or objects don't dissolve the previous layer of complexity that is to say that molecules include whole atoms and cells include molecules and bodies include cells and as a organism increases in its complexity the previous order of complexity doesn't dissolve inside of it it is 
something that is transcended yet included. So I think that having said that, the the um, idea that you lose yourself in a intimate relationship is a misunderstanding because this is, and, and we're right back on track here. I've got the train now and it's chugging okay. along. <laughs> the, as, as you gain intimacy with yourself and all of the layers come into view, I think you glean a sense of interconnectedness. And as the barrier, that gatekeeper ego loosens up and eventually through practice fades and fades, the that self-negation or that, that merging that you were talking about, the merging is actually not an active doing. The merging is actually the removal of the illusion that there was separateness to begin with. Yeah. So the intimacy is the lack of boundary, not of creating new boundaries around a new whole. Say that again. Intimacy is a lack of boundaries, not creating new boundaries around a new whole. Okay. So if you think about the two individuals next to each other, losing the boundaries there where those two things overlap and can come closer and closer to each other is a lack of boundaries as opposed to drawing a new boundary around a couple and saying that that's the new whole. Well, I don't know, man. Boundaries are healthy. I don't disagree with that at all. Boundaries are unhealthy too, but- I don't disagree about, with that at all. Here, balance, here we're right? back to the Wilbur transcend and include. Right. So to merge entirely is codependence. To not have an individuated self of I to begin with is unhealthy. You cannot relate without it. You can't actually compl- you can't actually make anything of a higher order magnitude of complexity. You can't actually make tribe without eyes. I agree. Okay. So the idea that intimacy starting with yourself integrates you and i don't think actually intimacy is the integrating force it's more a byproduct of the integration okay i think as you do the work to integrate the different parts of yourself the barriers come down and the lack of the barriers we can call intimacy as you do the work to break the barriers down so you can see all the parts of yourself, the byproduct there is intimacy. You can see now. We're uh, talking about boundaries and I think what we're honing in on is a balance, right? It's always a balance in these things. Yeah, it's, it, it could go either direction. It could go uh, you know, excess 
is bad. Defect is bad. Where's the balance point? So boundaries, you might even say that intimacy is a aligning of boundaries to their proper balance because just as far as relationships go, it's not bad for a romantic relationship to have a boundary around it, right? There has to be some sort of boundary around it. And it's not bad for a tribe to have some sort of boundary around it. Like borders are healthy in some sense, the way that like your skin around your body is healthy. And the walls around my house. Right. Keeps bad stuff out. Right. But Mm -hmm. there's, there's a balance here. It's like, you could be overly hardened by boundaries and they can be digging into each other and stabbing each other in these weird ways. Agreed. Or they can find a way to just sort of align into this way. That's like, now we find the healthy structure, which is like, you know, if some stranger comes along and starts like groping my wife, that's crossing a boundary, like uh-huh. not cool. And I'm going to kick his ass. You know, I think like that, that might be healthy. Yeah. That's a boundary, but yeah. within the relationship, there's also healthy boundaries, which are like, you guys don't need to be together all the time. You know, there can be some things that you do by yourself. There can be some things that even are private, maybe that you do alone and your wife isn't included in those things. And that can be really healthy as opposed to like, we have to be like nailed, you know, at the hip all the time. Of course. Right? So balance, right? Right. Yeah. Not excess, not defect. Yeah. And I guess I like the idea of balance. I, I balance pretty regularly. I'm a balancer myself, mm-hmm. but I also want to like the, the integral frame here is to go back to it to transcend and include yeah it's almost like um building blocks it's like it's like building blocks here and so the idea you that you know what i mean i know what you mean so it's like because i guess I'll share with you where I am in my own development. I basically have been in monogamous, committed relationships for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. As the most recent one ended, it became very apparent to me that there was a imbalance in intimacy. Mm-hmm. And that imbalance was on both sides of the relationship. One that she may not be as comfortable with being as intimate as I would expect Mm -hmm. in the relationship. And where I was likely overly intimate and didn't have as solid of I boundaries as was necessary so it was a bit out of balance there so that has been my struggle as well in the past are you typically the more intimate partner that you found uh i just think in general people know me as being someone who kind of pushes for intimacy Uh everywhere yeah and a lot of people find it very uh, uncomfortable Uh uh-huh 
So they actually start to kind of like do the opposite and become less and less intimate. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, oh, you're like, you're trying to get close to me. Like, I don't like how that feels. Like uh-huh. I'm feeling vulnerable. So I'm going to put up more boundaries and it's actually counterproductive in a weird way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but my relationships, I think there's a willingness that I have to become vulnerable and to reveal everything and to be like, let's invest in each other that uh, other people are not prepared to do because I think yeah. they're afraid. Yep. That's what I would say. They're afraid. Um, and so there's an imbalance that develops and that's tricky, right? You need, you, it's cause it'd be nice if you could just say, well, I should just be able to be like completely vulnerable and open and like people should just love me for it. But the truth is like, you can't do it. It doesn't work. And that people actually start to alienate themselves from you if you do that too strongly. So like, yeah. what's the balance point? Uh-huh. How do you keep yourself safe is one thing, but also, you know, how do you present yourself in a way that other people will feel comfortable? Uh-huh. And then maybe you can slowly move towards becoming more intimate, but. Yeah. You know, I think pace, I think pace is a very relevant concept for the idea of intimacy. Um, a wrecking ball might take down some, some boundaries, some barriers, but uh, it might not be the most effective way to have a sustaining and meaningful intimacy. Um, so I think pace is actually the thing that the universe has been banging over my head for the last two years. Pace, pace, pace. It's like an expectation of timing, expectation of development, expectation of speed, of growth, of deepening, of all these different things. This is um, the lesson that I've been getting in intimate relationship in the last couple of years is pace. And the other one is this balance between my own individuation and my own assimilation into the larger group. I think that I am more comfortable assimilated into a larger group than I am purely individual. I think that's both due to my evolutionary nature as a tribal human being. It also has to do with my childhood development and trauma. I think I... You know, my parents divorced when I was six. Is there a part of me that wishes that we were just a family still? I bet. I think so, buddy. I think so. So um, that's likely playing into my, to how I show up in intimate relationship. Um, with myself, certainly which affects my developmental path and what I'm willing to look at and what I think is my work and what I end up doing as my work, um, as well as my assumed role in relationship and how I show up in relationship, all these things, very relevant. Um, So right now, I think I'm focusing on an intimacy with myself and a healing of myself, understanding where I came from in my childhood, how those things played out, the roles that I assumed, how those things are still alive in me today, as well as 
because I think I'm pretty good in relationship. I know most of the things and my practices in relationship are quite, um, they're quite robust. The practices that I need to be working on the practices with myself, mm. the individuation, because my assimilation is quite, I'm, I'm very experienced in it. Like I said, I've been in, you know, I was married for a decade and I've had two serious girlfriends since then. So caring for other people, um, communicating problem, resolving problems and conflicts. Those are things I'm certainly imperfect at, but, um, also pretty experienced with the things that I'm, that the universe is has put on my plate is my own individuation, my own boundaries, my own, um, yeah, the boundaries of myself. So I know that, or my intuition has always been coming into this conversation with you that we're actually quite deeply aligned on this. And, um, and it's fun to jam with you, even just to hammer out the semantics of this. Yeah. And it seems that there is some kind of ladder. And it goes towards the sky and it goes under the ground. Like our favorite Swiss psychologist said that if you want your branches to reach into heaven, your roots are going to have to reach into hell. That is to say that if your character is going to develop upwards into goodness and righteousness, then your understanding of your roots, your shadow, your traumas, your potential for evil, your animal nature, all of these things are going to have to become integrated. Yep. So... The concept of intimacy and development seem to be there's some kind of interplay here where it could be, we could phrase it as if we strive to have intimacy inside of ourselves, if we strive to break down the barriers and see all the different parts of us, then we will develop. Or if we strive to develop and to break down the barriers, then we will be gifted with intimacy of the scene, of the breaking down of the barriers that may have been illusory and egoic in their very nature. I like both of those. I like looking at it from both of those lenses. I like the idea that through intimacy, I will break down the barriers that were illusory, that were the false separation 
and that reveal the interconnectedness and the oneness that is natural in our existence. Um, I think that all forms of self-work, and you might even say, even for things that aren't human, things, the process of development and growth and becoming, mm-hmm. it's all related to barriers breaking down mm-hmm. and reforming in a healthy way. And I don't think there's any form of self-work you can think of that doesn't in some way involve a reformulation of boundaries. I love that's that. For, that's true for inner work, the shadow integration, meditation does that exercise does that it breaks down structures in your body and reforms them to mm-hmm. be better, more integrated, healthier. Mm-hmm. So it really is an important thing to think about is how to re how to realign myself and what are the, what are the, the, the ways to do that in, in an individual way, personally, also in my relationships, also in my relationship towards the world. Um, and I think that an important concept is that you can do it too fast, right? Yeah. Like the wrecking ball, you can break down boundaries too quickly and the whole thing collapses. Yep. Um, and I like pacing. the analogy of uh, scar tissue. Like if you mm-hmm. want to build up a muscle and you like just try to lift up your car, you could like tear all kinds of things and then it would develop scar tissue. And it's like really like not the fast way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't go out and run 20 miles. If you are not in shape, you'll actually break bones doing that. It's crazy. Um, and same for relationships, you know, if you want to be intimate with someone, Mm -hmm. you could just push them really, really, really hard to be intimate and they'll run away from you, Mm -hmm. you know, so it doesn't work. So that's, uh, a pretty, uh, universal foundational concept is the, uh, essentially the intimacy concept. Yeah. This has been great jamming with you. I think we sussed out some of the ideas I was hoping to kind of dig into. And we just got started. I know we kind of just, I know we kind of did. Um, That's how it goes. That's how how it goes. There's more work to do here. Yeah. Great talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, Ari. Talk to you soon. See you later. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much, Aaron. I really like what we sussed out and what we kind of uh, the progress we made there. I think that's helpful for me, and I hope it is for you. If you appreciate this podcast, consider being a supporter of it. That's patreon.com slash airy in the air. It's a 100% listener-funded show. So if you're a listener, be a funder. Funder is more fun um yeah for as little as five dollars a month and top tier patrons get free coaching calls with me as i mentioned in the beginning of this podcast so thanks for listening we'll see you on we'll see you on the next episode my friends see you later